All right. Welcome back to the Dark Delight Show. It is Thursday, June 23rd. And, uh, well, it looks like the Supreme Court is making some decisions. It is looking like they are upholding the Constitution, at least to a certain degree. And we are awaiting the pivotal historical decision on abortion on Roe versus Wade. It's really their decision doesn't pertain to abortion. It really pertains to the constitutionality of federal protections for abortion. But, you know, you try to explain that to anybody on the left and they just go absurdly insane. Um, Starting out today, Biden's economic advisor asserts that more government spending will solve inflation. Um, you, You seriously can't make this stuff up. Biden's economic advisor, Cecilia Rouse, responded to the media questions on the inflation situation, in particular this week, and offered even more propaganda. Rather than an honest assessment of the dangers ahead, this is the same administration that was still saying only a year ago that inflation was transitory, despite all the evidence to the contrary. Yet now we're supposed to trust their opinions on the potential for recession and solving inflation. Uh, Biden's argument on the state of the economy lately, he has persistently argued that there is no threat of recession because the U.S. jobs market is still strong, which is absolutely a joke. There is no mention from the White House regarding the fact that COVID stimulus spending artificially drove up retail demand and created temporary spike in jobs. If they were to admit the layoffs are about to ramp up because of the COVID checks are gone and people's credit cards are maxed out because of inflation, then Biden would have nothing left to brag about. One of the key obstacles to the Build Back Better is the reality of high inflation. If Biden gets what he wants, which is the bottom and in, uh, the bottom and infrastructure renewal plan, similar to the New Deal under the FDR during the Great Depression, whether or not the New Deal actually saved the U.S. economy is up for debate. I'm in massive disagreement about that. Um, it's made differences, and the circumstances today are definitely not the same. The, the problem is that FDR was facing a deflationary crash in which the U.S. dollar remained viable and strong. Today, we're dealing with a stagflationary crash in which price inflation is rampant and the dollar's buying power is growing weaker. One of the main reasons for this inflation is due to the government spending a massive Federal Reserve stimulus created from thin air. The U.S. national debt when Barack Obama and Joe Biden entered office in 2008 was about $10 trillion. By the time Obama and Biden left in 2016, the national debt had doubled to $20 trillion. That's a 100% increase in only eight years. Since 2016, the national debt has expanded to around $30 trillion. The Federal Reserve created over $6 trillion in a single year in 2020 to supply the government with currency for COVID checks and the PPP loans during the lockdowns. To be sure, the Federal Reserve is happy to continue destroying the dollar. The exponential government spending gives them the excuse to do it. And so this is uh, this is a scary precedent being sent by the Biden administration. What we're seeing is that they are either delusional, uneducated, and just absolutely moronic. And typically, that's what politicians do: is they will put people in positions that are absolutely just not qualified for it. Or the lower of the class and just or just people who are radicalized and uh, fitting for an agenda. Either way, this precedent being set right now by the Biden administration, by the belligerent occupation of the Biden administration, is dangerous. It's dangerous to Americans. 
It's danger, dangerous to the future of Americans, and it's dangerous to the future of this republic. As well, there's other things that are dangerous to the future of this republic. Joe Biden is <laughs> dangerous to the future of this republic. I think we can all agree with that one. Joe Biden is definitely dangerous to the future of the republic. But flashback, Joe Biden caught running secret lists to use to prevent outspoken political opponents from running from owning guns. Last October, if you don't remember, Joe Biden was caught running secret lists to prevent outspoken critics of the regime from owning or purchasing guns. This week, Senate Republicans endorsed this unconstitutional operation by the Biden regime and voted to give Joe Biden even more power to crack down on his political opposition. Uh, if you don't remember this, when Joe Biden administration first came in, um, they were saying how they were coming after their political opponents. They said that they were going to weaponize the DOD. This, this is what they were saying. Jen Psaki and a few other the administration, they, they said they were going to come after people. Joe Biden's talked about how he was going to come after his, uh, his political opponents. And one way that they can do this is with red flag gun laws. And 14 Republican senators just voted for it. All right. Is Biden hiding his plan to rig the 2022 midterm elections? Now, we've talked about this and we've proposed a few different theories. One theory is that they steal it for the Republicans, blame it on the Republicans, declare martial law, and take out their political opposition in one fell swoop. Now, there is an executive order out there. This is Executive Order 14019, Promoting Access to Voting. And basically, when the Democrats didn't get their uh, their last voting bill, the get out and vote bill, they came up with this executive order. And that's what they do. They use their executive power. Now, uh, executive power has been shown by the Supreme Court to not be a law or anything similar to law, but instead more a, of a, a policy for the administration to follow. Well, the White House now is refusing to share the details about its coordinated efforts to engage in the federal takeover of the election administration. President Biden really does not want the public to know about his federal takeover of the election administration. Dozens of members of Congress have reportedly asked for details to no avail. Good government groups, members of the media, and private citizens have filed a Freedom of Information Act request multiple times. Not a single one has been responded to. All signs indicate a concerted effort to keep the public in the dark until the least after the November midterm elections. A lack of transparency and responsiveness is so bad that the Department of Justice and some of his agencies have been reportedly sued for the information. When President Biden ordered all 600 federal agencies to expand citizens' opportunities to register to vote and to obtain information about and participate in the electoral process on March 7, 2021, Republican politicians, constitutional scholars, and election integrity specialists began to worry exactly what was up his sleeve. They have a good reason. The 2020 election had suffered from widespread and coordinated efforts by Democrat activists and donors to run Get Out the Vote operation from inside state and local election offices, predominantly in the Democrat-leaning areas in swing states. Independent researchers have shown the effect of this takeover of the government election offices was extremely partisan and favored Democrats overwhelmingly. 
At the time the order was issued, Democrats were also hoping to pass H.R. 1, a continuation of the efforts to destabilize elections throughout the country via the federalized takeover of state election administrations. Biden gave each agency 200 days to file their plans for approval by none other than Susan Rice, his hyperpartisan domestic policy advisor. Yet fully nine months after those plans were due, they were they are all being hidden from the public, even as evidence is emerging that the election operation is in full swing. Mobilizing voters is always a political act, and this is exactly what the Democrats have been running through America for decades. There are several major problems with Biden's secret plan. Critics say it's unethical to tie federal benefits to election activity. It's unconstitutional to have federal government take authority that belongs to the states and which Congress has not granted. And given that all 50 states have different laws and processes governing election administration, it is a recipe for chaos, confusion, fraud at a time when election security concerns are particularly fraught. Mobilizing voters is always a political act. Choosing which groups to target for get-out-the-vote efforts is one of the most important activities done by political campaigns. Federal agencies that interact with the public by doing out benefits can easily pressure recipients to vote for particular candidates and positions. Congress passed the Hatch Act in 1939, which bans bureaucrats and bureaucracies from being involved in election activities after Democrats use work progress administration programs and personnel from partisan political advantages. Executive Order 14019 ignores that the Constitution does not give the executive branch authority over elections. That power is reserved for the states. With a smaller role for Congress with H.R. 1, and other Democrat Party efforts to grab more control over elections thus has failed. Congress has authorized such an expansion. As the previous efforts to destabilize elections, the chaos and confusion that would occur are part of the plan. The executive order copied much of a white paper put out by left-wing dark money group Demos, which advocates for left-wing changes to the country and which brags on its website that it moves bold progression Progressive ideas from cutting-edge concepts to practical reality. Not coincidentally, Biden put former Demos president K. Sabil Rahman and former Demos legal strategist uh, Sharak Baines in key White House posts to oversee election-related initiatives. And so now we're starting to see this potential attack on our elections again by the Democrats. But I, I have a feeling, I'm telling you, that... The election will definitely be stolen this year, the midterm 2022 2022 elections. They will be stolen. But will it be the Democrats stealing it for themselves? Will it be the Democrats stealing it for the Republicans? Or will it be the Democrats and Republicans stealing it for each other to retain power in the, the equivalence of what we currently have now? That's the question. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back after a quick message with more of the Dark Delight Show. It's Josh here. Mike Lindell of MyPillow has been an amazing patriot supporting President Trump and conservative and Christian values throughout the last four to five years with everything that's been going on. We ask you to go out to MyPillow.com and help support Mike Lindell as well as myself and this show, the Dark Delight Show, with using promo code RPP to save up to 66% on your purchase. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. The world is becoming more unglued by the day. Local consequences are now showing up. We are seeing sky-high gas prices, higher food prices, shortages, and more. How should you respond? Go to redpills.tv 
slash Patriot. That's R-E-D-P-I-L-L-S dot TV slash Patriot. You can secure your long-term emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply is by far the largest preparedness company in America. They're in stock and shipping quickly in unmarked boxes to your door. Their emergency food supplies last up to 25 years in storage. When you need it, it'll be there. Lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks totaling over 2,000 calories a day. Get free shipping on any order over $99. Again, go to redpills.tv slash patriot. The global financial system is on the verge of collapse. Here in the United States of America, we have rising inflation, rising cost of goods and services from gas to food. We have supply chain disruptions. We have the incompetent presidency of the United States of America running the U.S. dollar into the ground by debasing it by radicalized spending and printing. There is only one thing in this world right now that is a worthy investment that has been the hedge for inflation year after year. Guys, that's gold and silver. Look, I invest in gold and silver, and there's no reason why you should not either. My buddy, Dr. Kirk Elliott, is an economist and financial advisor, and he is amazing at what he does by helping you get your 401ks, your IRAs, or just helping you purchase gold and silver bullion. You can give him a call at 720-605-3900 or go to getgoldtoday.com and let him know that Josh from the Red Pill Project sent you. Dark Delight with Josh Reed on the WYSL stations. Hey, welcome back to the Dark Delight show. Let's go to the phones. Keith, what is up? How you doing today, my friend? Uh, you're a good man, Mr. Reed, but I think I've got you on something. So uh, we're going to talk man to man here because I know you can take it. Uh, you give the figure of 3,000 uh, bad people in the world. You're probably referring to people in superior positions who can really pull the strings. But uh, unfortunately, that uh, number, I'm sure just in Rochester, we have more than 3,000 bad people that we can't count on as fellow Americans. Exactly that. Many Americans, or at least like 30%, have gone fully Marxist. And uh, so the number is much higher than the 3,000. And I want to point out today the uh, ruling by the Supreme Court, 6-3, to three, with the three libs, of course, uh, voting against uh, making it easier for New Yorkers to carry concealed uh, the unelected gov, or to call her that, Hochul, uh, even using the same term subhuman when she described people who are pro-life, uh, she was bemoaning out loud that uh, the ruling went that way in our favor, 6-3 to three majority. So to sum it up, with uh, so many Americans, as represented by Hochul, being that far to the left, how do we, uh, and I'm going to have to uh, parse myself uh, here on the air, how do we really get back our country when three out of ten Americans today are true fifth column and really mean to do in our traditional way of American life? Uh, they don't want us to carry, uh, they hate uh, America as it is, and in closing, uh, the number is much higher than the 3,000 figure you give. And we're, we're here at, really now in true civil war, and they're not backing down on the left. And I know you say uh, to guys like me, it's not just the left, Keith, but it's everyone. We have well, to come Keith. together. But they aren't. They hate us, and they will never come back to our side, Mr. Reed. And I'm just wondering how you balance that on your end of things. Well, I, I, I love your passion, Keith. Uh, but I think there's a misunderstanding here. When I say 3,000 people, I'm actually referencing some research. Dr. John Coleman, 
and then early 1990s wrote a book called The Committee of 300. The Committee of 300 talks about the world elite, the banking family dynasties, the 13 Illuminati bloodlines, the old black Italian nobilities, the old Phoenicians that have invaded all of old Rome, the Vatican, so forth. And when we talk about this global cabal, those who have a seat at the table of the cabal, those who plan, coordinate, manipulate, and execute everything that we're seeing happening in the world. John Coleman said there was about 300 people that sit on that committee. I've said since then that it's expanded to roughly about 3,000, which means that this agenda that's being perpetuated on Earth right now is being coordinated by approximately 3,000 people globally. 3,000 people being members of elitist families, being massive business tycoons, being philanthropists, being very, very old bloodline families, monarchies, old Italian black nobility, all of this. And so there's a lot of context you have to take into when I say that there's 3,000 people. Um, on the other hand, what do we have to do to save our republic? And by the way, Keith, thank you for the call. Much appreciated. What do we have to do to save our country? We have to rise up. We have to speak up. We have to do more than we're doing now. We have to organize at the community level. Know three people. Have those three people know three people. Begin planning coordinating, and executing. What do I mean by that? Civil disobedience. Nonviolent civil disobedience. It starts there. That's the first place. Let's go to Rochester with uh, Dominic. What's up, man? How we doing? Hey, uh, um, a question for you, kind of a different topic. I heard that the um, Federal Reserve um, had started investing in the stock market a few years ago. And I thought that was, it sounded odd where they would have uh, like, uh, the ability to tank, to, to move the stock market uh, artificially. I, I didn't know if you had heard anything about that or any, if there's any level of truth to that. Uh, who was it that invested in the stock market? The Federal Reserve. Well, th- there's a few things here. So, firstly, we have the fourth branch of our federal government called BlackRock. If you don't know BlackRock, they have over $22 trillion of assets under management, including multiple countries' pension funds. And so multiple pension funds are held by BlackRock. They also hold a software patent that is utilized by basically every single banking company in the world, which oversees about $122 trillion of assets. Now, What we're talking about here is BlackRock is the fourth branch of government. Under Donald Trump, he brought in BlackRock to help mitigate what is uh, the inflationary aspects of our economy. This is done through a process called quantitative easing. The Federal Reserve traditionally has done what's called quantitative easing. This happened after 2008 when they started buying back all those junk bonds that were basically being thrown back on the market that nobody wanted. And so what the Federal Reserve does is they print money that does not go against our national debt, right? And they put it on the circulation. They do two things. Number one is they print money and they loan it out to financial institutions at a certain rate. 
And this provides what we call overnight liquidity. This is what I was talking about the other day with the supply chain. As well as they do uh, reverse repos, these types of things. Then they also do quantitative easing. Quantitative easing is where they will go out into the stock market and start buying corporations' bonds. This is debt. Basically, companies need capital, so they'll open some bonds because they need capital in order to grow. And the, the Federal Reserve will go out there and begin buying those out there. Which basically means if companies have money, companies can hire and pay people. And so they have to issue bonds to get capital, and the Federal Reserve will go out there and buy that out. So it, it is kind of semi-true. Um, they're not necessarily out there buying stocks and bonds, or stocks and ETFs and mutual funds and stuff like that. But they are partaking in the economic process, which is incredibly manipulative and can be manipulati- uh, manipulated in multiple different ways. And we're seeing that right now. Uh, we won't know until next month what the numbers really look like. But I guarantee you that they're they're already doing quantitative easing. So, Dominic, I appreciate that call. Great question. Much appreciated on that. And, and you guys should really research these three main companies on Wall Street. BlackRock, State Street, and Vanguard. What you'll find out is two of them are private companies. But one of them, BlackRock, is a public company. And what you'll find out is that their board of directors are all the same people. That their owners are all the same people. And they own majority share in almost every company you've ever heard of. And so this is called a monopoly. But it's a legal monopoly because it's an investment strategy and the investors are not supposed to have um, you know, managing decisions. But eh, that's just not how it works these days. And our whole financial system is no longer a free capitalistic market. It is what we would call crony capitalism. Crony capitalism is where basically a select few choose and decide what happens to those free, quotation marks, markets. The Supreme Court is making their decisions. Today, Supreme Court allows the carrying of firearms in public in a major victory for gun rights groups. The ruling expands upon the 2008 decision that said the Second Amendment safeguards a person's right to possess a firearm at home for protection. The Supreme Court ruled Thursday that the Constitution provides a right to carry a gun outside the home, issuing a major decision on the meaning of the Second Amendment. The 6-3 to three ruling was the court's second important decision on the right to keep and bear arms. In a landmark 2008 decision, the court said that for the first time that the amendment safeguards a person's rights to possess a firearm. Although the decision was limited to keeping guns at home for self-defense, the court has now taken the ruling to the next step after years of ducking the issue and applied the Second Amendment beyond the limits of homeowners' properties in a decision that could affect the ability of state and local governments to impose a wide variety of firearms regulations. The case involved a New York law that required showing a special need to get a permit to carry a concealed um, handgun in public. The state bans carrying handguns openly, but it allows residents to apply for licenses to carry them concealed. The law at issue said, however, that permits could be granted only to applicants who demonstrated some special need, a requirement that went beyond the general desire for self-protection. Gun owners in the state sued, contending that the requirement made it virtually impossible 
for ordinary citizens to get necessary licenses. They argued that the law turned the Second Amendment into a limited privilege, not a constitutional right. The court agreed with the challengers and struck down the heightened requirement, but it left the door open to allowing states to impose limits on the carrying of firearms. The constitutional right to the constitutional right to bear arms in public for self-defense is a second-class right, subject to an entirely different body of rules other than the Bill of Rights guarantees, said Just, Judge uh, Justice Clarence Thomas wrote in the majority opinion. We know of no other constitutional right that an individual may exercise only after demonstrating to government officers some special need. In a concurring opinion joined by Chief Justice Roberts, Justice Brett Kavanaugh said the ruling does not bar states from imposing licensing requirements for carrying handguns for self-defense, such as fingerprinting, background checks, and mental health checks. New York's law was problematic because it grants open-ended discretion to licensing officials and authorizes licenses only for those applicants who can show a special need for their self-defense. In effect, denying citizens the right to carry a gun to protect themselves, he wrote. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to be right back with more Dark Delight Show. We're going to talk more about what's happening in this world. We'll be right back. Dark Delight with Josh Reed on the WYSL stations. All right, we are back with the Dark Delight Show, and we were talking about the Supreme Court's decision to overturn the Second Amendment. By the way, if you guys want to give me a call, uh, 585-346-3000 or toll-free 866-552-1009. Governor Kathy Hochul reacting to the Second Amendment ruling saying, we can have restrictions on speech. You can't yell fire in a crowded theater. That line comes from another SCOTUS case that justified putting anti-war activists in prison, and the precedent was overturned over 50 years ago. And, uh, yeah, these liberals are gun grabbers. They are going after our fundamental right to defend ourselves. Why? Because they want our guns taken away. Because the moment our guns are taken away, guess what happens? They take all of our rights away. They replace them with privileges. That's how government works. They all become tyrannical to no extent. From Barons.com. Oh, this is a good one. Global food crisis will kill millions by disease, health executives warn. The global food crisis sparked by the war in Ukraine, quotation marks, will kill millions by leaving the hungriest, most vulnerable to infectious diseases, potentially triggering the world's next health catastrophe. The head of a major aid organization was warned, has warned. The Russian naval blockade on Ukraine's Black Sea ports, which is uh, propaganda, absolutely not true, um, has stopped grain shipments from the world's fourth largest exporter of wheat and corn, raising the specter of shortages and hunger in low-income countries. Now, this rumor about Russian naval blockades, Turkey, a NATO nation, has even came out with Russian uh, Russian administration officials and said that uh, three ports are open and there is no blockade. So go ahead and move your grain and corn. But th- they keep on saying, they keep on saying that, uh, well, that's not true. It's a blockade. Let's go to the phones real quick. Let's go to uh, the phones. Let's go to Bridget in Allegheny County. Bridget, what's up? Hi. Good to hear, hear you on uh, WYSL. Um, I just want to let everybody know that you are absolutely right. Everybody needs to rebel and resist and rise up. And if you think that your gun can't be taken from you, I was a sitting town justice, and my gun was taken from me. I still pass the background check, 
I've never failed a background check. I don't break the rules. And when they use these laws as terrorist weapons, trust me, they do. I'm in the middle of a court battle because people are apathetic. They don't care. And the government is just more corrupt than you can imagine. My gun was taken from me at the sitting town justice. And the red flag law wasn't even in effect yet. That's scary. You're not kidding. (laughs) No, no. This is going to get much, much worse. As these red red flag laws go into effect, they are going to target veterans. They're going to target officials, conservatives. They're going to target everybody they believe is a threat to them and their power. Yeah, absolutely. They use the law to go after people that are completely innocent. I'm like, I didn't allow any professional courtesies in my courtroom. I didn't care if you're related to law enforcement. I didn't care if you're related to an elected official. And that's one thing that they did. It's like, well, let's go after her. I mean, I'm very conservative. and uh, But as a sitting judge, I most certainly didn't bring any of that in. You know, it's either you pled guilty, we did a fair sentence. But if you're related to somebody, it shouldn't matter. The rule of law should always apply equal to everyone. And it doesn't. It absolutely doesn't. I, I agree, Bridget. And, you know, this is the scary thing. This is the decline of American society and culture that's been happening, being degraded for the last, what, five decades. I, I'm from a small town, Caledonia, and I, I'm not going to comment too much on the judges there, but uh, let's just say that they don't care about the rule of law. They care about their courtroom, and the, in their courtroom, it's their laws. And that goes to say... For many other small jurisdictions, large jurisdictions, and medium jurisdictions around this country, is that we have people out there who will weaponize their power and authority to subvert others. They do. But I just want people to know they need to contact the people that are passing these laws. You know, make sure you let your congressmen, your assemblymen, your county legislators, let them know, because the current laws that Governor Hochul, uh, let's hope she does not get elected, um, <laughs> is most certainly unconstitutional. You cannot tell people that they can't and take their guns. Just A red flag is just such a potential for abuse, way too much, and people need to make sure that they repeal these things. I agree. Bridget, I appreciate your call. Thank you so much for listening and calling in and sharing um sharing everything that you just shared with us. It's much appreciated. Let's go to Charles and Henrietta. Hey, Josh, how are you? I'm doing well, Charles. How are you doing? Good. Um, I'll make this really quick. Uh, the, the caller that you had on, uh, Bridget, um, kind of stimulated a, a, a thought with the red flag, uh, the whole red flag thing. Uh, what would be the possibility of, say, Almost uh, you found not guilty or you found innocent of your neighbor calling the red flag on. And here she's hiring a lawyer to, which costs money, to get her, her weapons back. What if, okay, the, uh, the neighbor calls the red flag, uh, she found innocent, now the neighbor has to pay for the legal fees on her behalf and the court fees for wasting court's time plus the police department, because they had to stop what they're doing to go issue this red flag. Well, that would be the perfect world if that law would uh, 
be actually legitimate. <coughs> Excuse me, but, about that, yeah. but here's the case. Nine times out of ten, when you lose that right through the gun red flag gun laws or whatever it might be, even if you're innocent, it's almost impossible to get those rights back. Okay? Almost impossible to get those rights back. Think about this. You have a gubernatorial candidate in Michigan, Ryan Kelly. He was at the Capitol building in January 6th and was raided by the FBI about a month ago. This was politically motivated. Okay? He's being charged with three misdemeanors. Now, you can own a gun being convicted of a misdemeanor. The judge has ordered his guns taken away. He, he's not even convicted. He, he, he's, he's simply on trial for three misdemeanors. Right? He's being accused of three misdemeanors. And the judge has ordered his guns taken away. He is never going to get that right back. Unless he probably becomes governor. Now, this is what we're dealing with here. They don't care about the reasoning behind it. They just want to take your guns because they know what they do. You'll never get that right back. You know, Gun Owners of America, and, and thanks for the call, by the way. And Gun Owners of America, by the way, they did a massive study on this. And what they found is 27% of all gun purchases are denials in the system. So when you go to purchase a firearm, you have to go through an FBI background check, right? 27% of them are denied. You know what they found out? 99% of that 27% are false positives. Which means that 99% of every single gun application denial is a false positive. It happened because of mistake. In the last spending bill by the federal government, by the Biden administration, there was a provision in there, the Gun Denial Act of 2022, which basically states that if you get denied for the purchase of a firearm, regardless of the reason, that means whether it's a false positive or not, ATF will assign some local investigator, whether a lawyer or local police sheriff, to investigate why that denial occurred. What in your history flagged that denial? And they'll show up at your house, they'll talk to you, they'll ask you how many guns you have, and here's where it's going to get very, very gray-lined. Is if you go to purchase a firearm, and you get a denial on your application, and an authority shows up at your house to investigate that denial, and they see that you have firearms, they can utilize that denial in that case and scenario to issue a red flag gun warrant on your house to take your guns. This is how bad this can get. That bill is already in effect. And here's the thing. I love to say that conservatives are doing something about it, but they're not. You know, if you look at the political action taken by the left, you got to give it to them. They are highly organized. They are well-funded. They are incredibly motivated. And they are out there on the streets, yelling, screaming. They are holding their politicians accountable. 
Think about Senator Semena of Arizona. When she didn't retract DACA, right? A whole bunch of people showed up at a, a, a class at Arizona State University and cornered her in the bathroom. Now, I don't agree with those tactics, but that's the extent that they will go. And guess what? The First Amendment, it applies there. The First Amendment applies within public bathrooms. The First Amendment applies within state-operated colleges. And the question is, is why are we not holding our politicians responsible, accountable? We're going to take a quick break. We're going to be right back with more Dark Delight Show. Mike Lindell of MyPillow has been an amazing patriot supporting President Trump and conservative and Christian values throughout the last four to five years with everything that's been going on. We ask you to go out to MyPillow.com and help support Mike Lindell as well as myself and this show, The Dark Delight Show, with using promo code RPP to save up to 66% on your purchase. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. The world is becoming more unglued by the day. Local consequences are now showing up. We are seeing sky-high gas prices, higher food prices, shortages, and more. How should you respond? Go to redpills.tv slash patriot. That's R-E-D-P-I-L-L-S dot TV slash patriot. And secure your long-term emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply is by far the largest preparedness company in America. They're in stock and shipping quickly in unmarked boxes to your door. Their emergency food supplies last up to 25 years in storage. When you need it, it'll be there. Lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks totaling over 2,000 calories a day. Get free shipping on any order over $99. Again, go to redpills.tv slash patriot. The global financial system is on the verge of collapse. Here in the United States of America, we have rising inflation, rising cost of goods and services from gas to food. We have supply chain disruptions. We have the incompetent presidency of the United States of America running the U.S. dollar into the ground by debasing it, by radicalized spending and printing. There is only one thing in this world right now that is a worthy investment that has been the hedge for inflation year after year. Guys, that's gold and silver. Look, I invest in gold and silver, and there's no reason why you should not either. My buddy, Dr. Kirk Elliott, is an economist and financial advisor, and he is amazing at what he does by helping you get your 401ks, your IRAs, or just helping you purchase gold and silver bullion. You can give him a call at 720-605-3900 or go to getgoldtoday.com and let him know that Josh from the Red Pill Project sent you. Dark Delight with Josh Reeb on the WYSL stations. And, uh... We're talking about a lot of different topics, but the, the topic most people are wanting to talk about today is the Second Amendment. It's, it's about our gun rights. And, and, and this is fundamental because, you know, uh, up until the 1960s and 70s, in some places, the 1980s, you know, gun education was taught to kids in elementary school. If you grew up in western New York, if you grew up in the small outskirts of the cities, you most likely grew up shooting guns, hunting, um, you know, shooting squirrels or, or whatever it might have been. I know I did. It's a fundamental part of our culture, and that is being eradicated. And they are coming stronger than ever to take your guns now. And if you look at the setup, the setup of the narrative, 
the Department of Homeland Security National Threat Advisory System has put out a series of domestic terrorist bulletins. You can go look at the specific one I always reference, February 22nd, 2022. But these label people as potential domestic terrorists who believe that the COVID vaccine is a bioweapon, who believe that Donald Trump won the 2020 election, who are promoting false narratives about Russia and Ukraine, who think that the vaccine is a bioweapon, that the DHS is labeling them domestic terrorists and claims, oh, we're not investigating those people. No, not at all. This is why they have a disinformation governance board, which was public and now it went private and is being headed by Kamala Harris. And obviously, I think we all understand that that disinformation governance board is going to go nowhere because Kamala Harris can't do anything. She can't do anything right. She can't even uh, accomplish getting down to the border to solve that crisis. But needless to say, the Department of Homeland Security is making a list. It's checking it twice. And soon they'll be knocking on your door with a warrant to come and take your guns, just like they did to Bridget, a sitting judge. A si- come on. Th- this is what the world has come to. And like I said, you can fight forever to try to get that right, that right back. But it's going to cost you a lot of money. This is where our country is heading right now to a complete point of chaos and destabilization. And if you think that's bad, well, it gets worse. It gets worse. We're talking about health executives are warning that the global food crisis will kill millions by disease. Well, why is disease going to kill millions? We didn't really see too much of that here in the United States of America during the Great Depression. Well, one of the main reasons is is the compromised immune systems. Because people have compromised immune systems, we're going to see things come about, kind of like what we saw with... uh, Sudden adult death syndrome. Have you guys seen this? Sudden adult death syndrome? This is, this is no joke. Sudden adult death syndrome is a real thing. I had the article up here. Now I don't. Either way. Sudden adult death syndrome is what they're calling these doctors who are being baffled by people dying everywhere. Miss Brazil. Miss Brazil or sorry, the former Miss Brazil, has died at the age of 27 from a massive heart attack after a routine tonsil operation, and doctors are baffled. This was yesterday. Ready? Fully jabbed NBA player Caleb Swanigan suddenly drops dead at 25. Doctors baffled. Baltimore Ravens linebacker Jalon Ferguson, dead, 26. More than 90% of the Baltimore Raven players are fully vaccinated. Jade Lon being one of them, he was given an ultimatum. He ended up getting vaccinated. NFL legend Tony Sergusa, dead at 55. That, that's one day. That, that's four famous people, semi-famous people, dead in one day. All the doctors baffled, completely baffled. No idea what's happening here. U.S. swimmer Anita Alvarez rescued by coach after feigning in the pool at the World Aquatics Championships. Vaccinated. I got an article here, and this is in the Epoch Times. Vaccination increases risk of COVID. 
19 infections, but infection without vaccination gives immunity. Having two doses of the COVID vaccine has been linked with negative protection against symptomatic infection with the disease, scientists say, while the previous infection without vaccination offers about 50% immunity. The study published by the New England Journal of Medicine on June 15 examined the Omicron wave in Qatar that occurred from around December 21 to February 22, comparing vaccination rates and immunity among the more than 100,000 Omicron-infected and non-infected individuals. The authors of the study found that those who had a prior infection but no vaccination had a 46.1 and 50% immunity against the two subvariants of Omicron even at the interval of more than 300 days since previous infections. However, individuals who received two doses of the Pfizer or Moderna vaccine had no previous infection, were found with negative immunity against both BA.1 and BA.2 Omicron subvariants, indicating an increased risk of contracting COVID-19 than an average person without prior infection and vaccination. They're lying to you. They're going to continue to lie to you. We're watching depopulation. We're watching eugenesis rule this world. We are witnessing one of the most historic moments in human history. Historians in the future will be talking about this time frame for millennia to come. I truly think that we're in a sense biblical times. Whatever that means to you, biblical times. And things are only going to get worse. We only have a few more minutes left. But let me go over a few of these headlines to show you how bad this is going to get. If you don't think that the weather that is happening right now is extreme, you're crazy. But don't believe that it's happening because Earth is just angry. It's happening because of weather manipulation. Bad weather is damaging crop planting prospects for South Dakota farmers. Yesterday we talked about Kansas and the wheat being broken down and that we're going to have massive wheat shortages. Biden yesterday called on Congress to suspend the federal gas tax for the next 90 days. Oh, that's an 18 cent saving at the gas tank per gallon. Oh, that's going to that's going to work out well. Well, what happens when you have no gas? The entire US supply of diesel engine oil will be wiped out in the next 8 Weeks. No more oil till 2023 due to due to force majeure additive chemical shortages. Only two companies control all of the diesel engine oil. Two companies. They have less than eight weeks supply of diesel engine oil, and they don't expect to get the chemicals to create them until 2023. That's coming. That's happening right now. And guess what? If we don't have diesel oil, if we don't have diesel fuel, trucks cannot ship goods. Trains cannot rail goods. Ships cannot move goods. So there's coming a time where you might need a gun for survival, to hunt, to defend yourself. Because things are going to get incredibly dark, but that's what needs to happen. We have to go through this darkness before we get to the light. That's the truth in the matter. Guys, we'll be back with you tomorrow with another episode of the Dark Delight Show. You guys have a great day. Take care. We'll see you then.